Hi everyone, you're welcome to the Baby God Podcast and I'm your host, the Baby God and this started as a way of documenting my life as an African female student on a PhD program in Africa. I'll be discussing weekly topics for my class as well as social issues that I I find interesting. Also, I most likely will be throwing bits of my social life because before the books, there was a social butterfly. Have a great listen. Good morning or afternoon or evening. I have no idea what the time is where you are right now. But I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great start or end to your day. Yeah. So this week was my birthday. And I'm still excited. I'm still in great spirits. Um, I had a really, 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 really good birthday. I got flowers and plants. And all those other good yummy yummy stuff. So I'm 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 on a high right now. <laughs> if you can yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but yeah, I'm on a super super high. And I was thinking, um, it's my birthday, it's the start of a new season of my life. And what about my anchor baby? Like, why haven't I come to see my anchor baby? <laughs> so I decided to stop by and be intentional about this week so real quick let's just jump in i'm picking something from one of my classes this week we spoke about gender sex systems marriage and intimacy in my gender in history course and that's what i want to talk about so i'm going to give a brief background the arguments that we saw this week and the range from scholars like Oye Ronke, Oye Wumi, um, Ifia Madume, to Jane Alman and a couple of other people, right? So some of the arguments that they make are that one, gender was fluid, two, um women could take like men what do you call it now how do you <laughs> yeah they, should, they could take men's spaces basically so like you could take male adjectives male roles so things like male daughters female husbands that kind of idea um the other is that there were women women relationships men men marriages and then they also speak about power and the agency of the woman in the pre-colonial right so all of these readings they're responding to the western idea that africans do not have some sort of agency african women are oppressed that's what they're responding to right okay so let's go in because i had some thoughts while reading this the first thing is and i was asking myself how do you read a text? So we're coming from a background where we're trying to make sure that whatever it is that the um, West has told you as an African, you are able to engage with it. But is it also possible that in doing that, you end up 
privileging and making the pre-colonial sacred. So my question would be, is everything in the pre-colonial as sacred as we make it seem? Also, in the idea of reading the text, uh, we moving away from ethnocentricism in terms of, of course, like, you know, we keep arguing that our own issues are very particular, but are we also generalizing? Do we see African issues? Are we not supposed to break it down? And when we break it down within Africa, do we look at each group, like if I'm looking at um, Hausa, I'm like, do I sit down and say, oh, I understand why Hausa people will do that because that's their own context. So that's something that, you know, for me, I was like, do we break it down even when we're saying, oh, we don't want to be the other? Do we end up making other people the other? So, yeah, how do we read the text? Those are important things just in the beginning. So, let me just dive in real quick. <laughs> So there's three things that I was thinking of when um, we're discussing in class. It was marriage, the politics of naming, and sexuality. So the assumptions are the colonial ruined the pre-colonial. The pre-colonial was almost perfect. There was gender equality before the colonial, or at least some sort of equity, right? And so you see things where they say that Western feminists have been very, very housed in issues of androcentricism and sexism, and they're using, even when they're engaging with third world women, they're engaging with it from a place of profiting their issues. Um, And so the argument specifically to that is that they would say things like, um, oh, look at it, they're women-women relationships. Um, in Africa so yeah it, 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 it now works for my space as a black American woman for instance who is in a same-sex relationship that's kind of like the argument in that idea um, but African feminists are saying, okay, you know what, don't use those ex- examples. If you want to have your context, you have your context, but don't use those ex- examples. You don't understand all our struggles, right? Um, so, Rosalto, one of these scholars, um, noted that biological sex um, as a tool of analysis is inadequate. So I was thinking if biological sex is inadequate, so can we use like sex systems, marriage, sexuality, intimacy, those kind of things as an entry point into the gender discourse. But before that, let's just like look real quick at the structure of marriages. So marriage is generally this complex idea. Most often we look at it in terms of polygyny and we see that um, i mean more often than not it's actually polygamy but the it's usually put against the background of american um or sorry western actually western monogamy where you see that monogamy is seen as this distant civilized union of love reproduction and that african marriage that is polygamous is just terrible now you find out in the readings that um, there was some sort of polyamory. So there's this example given in Africa where the man marries multiple wives, but the wives can marry other wives in case they don't have 
children or if they don't have male children can marry other wives for the husband but those wives are their wives so it's kind of like yeah it's a very complex um it's a complex relationship and it made me think of polyamory which is one of like the interesting topics that i like to hear about and discuss but i was thinking currently there's a renewed interest in polyamory in contemporary times and i'm thinking so why isn't the west demonizing that how does it work for them now in a way that monogamy does not work and how do the rules change when it's an african doing it and when it's um someone from the west doing it just ideas i'm not even trying to be troublesome here just thinking through that so um what was i thinking i was thinking basically you see for instance that there are marriages like marriage by capture marriage by elopement things like that but i was thinking about the bride price right what do you think about the bride price and its role in how gender systems are set in africa do you think it has a role into how um both parties treat each other do you think that it is it might be seen as a master slave relationship maybe that's extreme but i'm just trying to show the yeah difference in both what do you think about like bride price does it play any role does it make sense as a token yeah i really want to know your thoughts on that going to the next point naming so we see that in the Igbo society the justification of gender being fluid is that we have male daughters and we have female husbands and i had a problem with that as other scholars have but my problem was why do we have to qualify this like if they are both under the same umbrella like they both have the same access why can't you just say okay this is the son this is the what this is the son this is the husband why is there a need to qualify so it's almost like the woman is on um what do you call it now she's like on a lower level and then it's like the male um or the component of being masculine is used as an adjective to qualify her so for me i was thinking right is masculinity applied as a political framework and is that the reason why it's used to be like for distinction and stuff and so if you're saying there was equality or equity it doesn't it just make sense again like i mentioned to transcend the boundaries by not making those distinctions um so that's something i thought about also bear in mind right that even when women take this um spaces right there's something about like for instance the ob even male daughters will never take over the ob um it's just a secret space for the son so it's like you're performing masculinity but you don't have complete access to it um yeah and the third one was this idea of sexuality where um Alice Walker's description of humanism has been critiqued in Africa right and then we now see that women are marrying women so that they they would have children um for their husbands or they will have 
um, male children for their husbands or some uh, widows. It's just the whole idea of all oh, economic um, purposes or for reproduction purposes. And yeah, so I was thinking about that as well. But I also realized that even generally with all the concepts of marriages and all the discussions about marriages, none of the researchers really that I have come across so far, they don't look at sex beyond a contract and something that is meant for um, reproduction, economic purposes. So in my head, I'm like, where is the role of companionship? Um, romance might be a modern word, even as we're discussing the book colonial, but I'm going to use it. Where is the rule of love? Where is the rule of interest? Um, yeah, so I think my question would be, why can't we use love, sex, intimacy, all of those things as units of analysis? Why are they erased when you're trying to think about um, these things intellectually or something like that, right? So, yeah, I feel like <laughs> that's the sum of the things that I was thinking this week. So, also, do you think that a colonial is sacred and everything that goes on there is reported and we can't engage with it deeply? We can't ask questions? Yeah. So, let me know. What are your thoughts on Pride Prize? What are your thoughts on the pre-colonial period as being sacred? What are your thoughts on sexuality in terms of intimacy and how that's used as a unit of analysis? Um, what are your thoughts on the equality or equity of relationships even before the colonial period? Also bear in mind, I should give like this exception, not an exception, but like a note, right? I feel like um, systems go over time that are functional. And somebody had brought up this argument about it was functional for that time, and times are changing. It might no longer be functional. Um, but I, I was thinking, you know that some of these structures still exist. So again, why do they still exist? Is it because they're more beneficial? Um, yeah. But then again, you know. To be honest, I can't even lie and say that I'm being completely objective this week. <laughs> so I would really, really, really love to hear like your views and what your thoughts are on all of this. Please let me know. Um, I thank you guys so much for being here, for listening, um, for supporting. Share, <laughs> share with your family, your friends, and yeah, have um, yeah keep your soul happy make your soul dance keep your heart happy and have a really really great week thank you